you again to the worship team for leading us this morning. If you have your Bible, go with me to um, Matthew chapter 28. Uh, we're going to finish uh, the book of Matthew this morning. Uh, I know some of you are kind of excited that we're finally going to get out of this book. I'm not sure how many Sundays we've been in the book of Matthew, uh, but Matthew chapter 28. My prayer is, uh, as you open up your Bible to the book of Matthew, you'll have an opportunity to kind of look back over some things that we've covered. Maybe there's some notes in your Bible uh, that can just remind you of different chunks of Scripture where this chunk has a, a thought in it and it's really impacted your life. My prayer is that your children, your grandchildren, or your great-grandchildren one day be able to come back, pick up your Bible, and say, well, Dad or, or Grandpa was thinking, well, this was kind of neat about this passage of Scripture, or there's some cross-references to go to some different places uh, as they look at your Bible, uh, you dealing with God's Word to you uh, that will go on for generations to come. As you start in Matthew, and I, you don't have to flip back there, but we kind of started out with a Savior in the very beginning. So we're getting really close to being able to celebrate Christmas. I don't know about you, but it seems like Christmas is just way too early this year. I can't believe it's November already, and so it's just amazing to think about that. But think about Christ being born in a manger, dying on the cross for our sins. Think about Matthew chapter 4, as he gets this group of individuals together, and he says to these fishermen, I will make you fishers of men. So he took something that they knew, fishing, and said, look, I know you know how to fish, but I want you to be fishing for individuals. People's lives will be changed by the gospel. And he made them into that. It wasn't like they just sat down in a class, and he said, okay, let's do one, two, three, four, five. Now you're equipped to go out and be involved in evangelism and discipleship, and I'll make you fishers of men. Part of that meant that they were going to get in a boat with him, and he's going to cross the other side, and there's going to be waves. And these fishermen were very well aware of what storms would look like. But for some reason, this storm got their attention. Like the boat starts to fall apart. And so they're saying, hold on a second, we're going to die. Where's this guy at, this Jesus, that told us to get in the boat in the first place? And he wakes up and Jesus says, well, gentlemen, I want to demonstrate my power. And the best way to demonstrate power to fishermen is put them in a boat, rock their boat so much they think it's going to fall apart, and then I'll calm the waves. So that was part of that life lesson. I'm going to make you fishers of men. The other part is you, some of you are very well aware of, and you probably know a lot about the Beatitudes. And so in Matthew chapter 5, which most of us probably haven't really sat down and thought our way through, we kind of like, blessed are, and then you get these little phrases after that. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. They're the ones, the individuals that know that they need God. Blessed is that individual that says, you know what? I need God. I cannot do life on my, my own. I realize you're growing up in a society where it's really all well. Blessed is the individual or the job title or, posi or position or the amount of money you make. Blessed is the individual, according to Jesus, that recognizes they need God. Blessed is the individual that is mourns. Blessed is that individual that says, you know what? Sin is part of my life, and I need to deal with sin. Can I just ask you a little self-evaluation question? When was the last time sin your sin did something inside of who you are. Say, wow, I need to realize that I'm a sinner. I need to recognize that, man, I, I'm acting outside of obedience to the Scriptures. Blessed is the individual that recognizes, oh, you know, I'm a sinner. Mourns over that. Okay, God, I want you to do work in my life because I don't want to keep going down that road. I know that some of you are really good in here that you do like to do self-justification. And so when you're driving down the road and you blow your horn, 
You're saying, well, they needed to know if they, I was there. No, bless this individual that says, you know what, I don't need to blow my horn. I'll just move my car out of the way and go down the road. It's getting that time of the year, right? They're here. Right? And so now you're going to get opportunities to practice biblical maturity, not blowing your horn when you know you have the right to do it. Uh, blessed is that individual. Bless, blessed is the individual that says, you know what, I don't have to be right. Blessed are the meek. You don't have to win the conversation. You don't have to be right. You don't have to have the last word. Blessed is that person. Blessed individual that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. God, what do you want to do in my life? God, what, are, what is right according to you? Not me, not my preference, not my ideas. God, you're right. Blessed is the individual that hungers and thirsts and says, God, I want you to tell me what is right, and I want to follow that. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you can quote it. So as I think about the Lord's Prayer, you got individuals that are sitting next to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you to teach me how to pray. And so maybe I can just phrase the Lord's Prayer in, in, in kind of two phrases. One, God, you're worthy. And two, I'm needy. God, I'm going to have a meeting with you today because you're worthy. I cannot do life. You're worthy, God, and I want to remind myself that I'm needy. If you go through the Scriptures, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then if you go on over uh, to Matthew chapter 15, and you got this Canaanite woman who's walking down the road, and she cries out in verse 22, have mercy on me. And then she says some words in verse 25 that I think are really interesting. Lord, help me. What does it look like in our lives this week where you say, God, I need it. Lord, help me. Jesus, help me. And it's fascinating. You know, if I watch this generation, and you know, a lot of times you like to tease the kids that are on the phones. Don't believe that. I watch you all. You, this generation, the older you are, you're still on your phones. It's not a kid. But it's, you know what's amazing to me? Alexa, do this. Alexa, do this. Alexa, what about Siri? What about this? When was the last time you said, Jesus, what about this? Jesus, help with. It's amazing that the prince and power of the era can make a little device and that people call themselves Christians. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have Alexa. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask Siri for directions. Some of us need help at times for directions. I'm not saying that. So don't walk out of here thinking I'm anti-cell phone. Okay? But know this. Satan's the prince and the power of the air. And so you're paying for a device. Prince and power of the air. You're paying for a device that has an opportunity to have more time, more of your time than the one who died on the cross for your sins. The one who gave his life is now being replaced with, well, what does that little, that little screen say? Matthew chapter 27 reminds us of the crucifixion of Christ. I pray as you go through your, the Word of God that you would spend some time really thinking about what did Christ's crucifixion look like? What was it like for him to wipe spit out of his face? What was it like for him when they grabbed the hold of his beard and ripped it out? What was it like for him to be separated from his father because of our sin? So he was the one that says, you know what? I'll step down into the world. I'll walk on this earth, and I will die so that we could have eternal life. 
so we could have forgiveness, so we could have hope. That's what he did. And so this morning you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 28, and most of you could probably quote the end of Matthew chapter 28. But I want to start with two things this morning. First thing is victory over death. If you have your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, going down to verse 1, it says, Now that the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the other Mary went to see the tomb. So you got two Marys. One Mary is an individual that have been, uh, the demons have been cast out of her, and, and the other Mary is the mother of uh, James and Joseph. And so they're deciding, you know what, we're going here. We're going to go back down to the tomb. We're going to go see Jesus one last time. We're going to go to the place where they left him. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came on and rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. And for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, he's risen. And he said, come. See the place where they lay him. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he'd risen from the dead. And behold, as they're going to the place to meet them in Galilee. So verse 8, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and they will see me there. Victory over death. I think at times we really only celebrate the power of Christ risen from the grave. Really, it's only around the Easter time. I want you to picture what it was like for these two ladies this morning. They decided to go down to the tomb. They'd watched this Jesus die on a cross. They watched him say it is finished. They'd watched the sword go into the side of his body. They watched him take him down off the tomb. They watched him wrap his body. They watched him go put him in the grave. And for whatever reason, this morning, these ladies said, you know what? we got to go back by the tomb. we got to go there. And God said, you know what? Come on down to the tomb, ladies, because there's going to be an earthquake. And I don't know about you, but I, lightning at times is, is really, really bright. Can you imagine these ladies walking up? Earthquake as lightning, and the stone is rolled away. Everything in their life that they've been put their hope in was in Christ. And now he's dead on the cross. And so they're going to go back to celebrate him again. Something's different this morning. He's alive. And so as they go around to the, to the tomb, can you imagine what it was like for them to walk into this empty, carved-out thing with this huge stone rolled away and the wrappings of his body, of, of that cloth that they had wrapped his feet together, was laying right there. Come on, come and see. Ladies, I want to show you something this morning. I want to show you that he's not here. He's alive. I want to show you the resurrection of the Christ. The stone has been rolled away. It's over. It's free. He has conquered sin and death. He's alive. And so he tells these ladies, go, go talk to, go tell the disciples. And so they departed quickly. And they went on their way to go back to the disciples and tell them, hey, he's alive. Let's go to Galilee. He's going to meet there. So you got the victory over death, and you got this other part, final instructions. I want you to look at this carefully with me this morning. I want you to see it verse by verse, word by word, not from your memory, not just run through this quickly, okay? There's some other things that are going on in Matthew chapter 28. The, the, uh, the guards are now 
uh, as dead men standing there. The body's gone. They're going to try to figure out what they're going to do. So they're going to lie about it. They're going to accept money. They're going to go in a different direction. And there you're going to get some words from Jesus. And I want you to see these words very clearly this morning. So in Matthew chapter 28, I want you to start with me in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And while they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, okay, so you got this group. Some are there worshiping. And, and I believe worship is not just the song time. Some of them were worshiping. They had known who Jesus was. They would spent some time thinking about who he was. But some doubted. Some are sitting there thinking, you know what? I, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is true. And so it's interesting to me as you see this group gathering, Jesus is going to stand up and say some things that are very clear. Now, what he, look what he says. Look at verse 18. And Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? Jesus. So he's going, to make some, he's going to make some statements. And the first statement he says to the crowd that's there, let me say something to you. I'm alive and all authority has been given to Jesus. There's nobody greater than Jesus right now. And so now he's going to tell these individuals, hey, there's some things I want to say to you. There's some things that you need to be remembered, remember me for. These things need to be etched in your brain. Look what he says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the first thing he says to them, go. Don't keep this to yourself. This isn't just what's going to take place on this mountain. I'm going to encourage you to go. I'm going to encourage you to go all around the world. And I'm going to encourage you to go all around the world and make disciples. And I want you to see a word in here. Most of us, when we think about the word disciples, we think about those individuals that are kind of around Christ. And that is a good word to think about. But when I think about the word disciple, I think about something different. I think about individuals that are willing to follow Christ. Go into all the world. Make people who like you. They'll talk about me. Go into all the world and do all these fun things. No, no, no. Go into all the world and make disciples. Individuals that are passionate about allowing Jesus to have authority in their life. Individuals that are willing to say, you know what? We want to learn from you. Individuals that are hungry to know what he wants from them what he wants from their lives, individuals that are willing to listen, follower of Christ. So here's a really kind of a practical example. So am I, a, am I a, a follower of Christ? Am I one of his disciples? Have I been baptized? That's just an outward sign that I belong to Jesus. And so some people, the older they get, said, you know what? I remember Eric, and Eric's with the group that's, that's camping, and Eric said, you know, you know, I got baptized when I was a kid, but you know what? I, I want to get baptized again as an adult. I want everybody to know that I just belong to Jesus. It didn't mean anything to me back then. It means something to me now. So as we're sitting here, say, yeah, we're a Christian. Okay, great. We might even say, well, I'm a Christ follower. Good. When was the last time you were baptized? 
Have you been baptized? Have you said to the world, I want everybody to know I've been baptized. I belong to Jesus Christ. That's his final instructions to us. Go out there, find individuals that want to be disciples, and they'll demonstrate their disciples because they've been baptized. They'll just step out by faith and say, I want to be baptized. Now, there's something else that's kind of jumped off the page to me, and I hadn't thought about it until this week. And this is the thought, of, this is what's really interesting to me. Go to verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Teaching them. So I sat down with my Bible, and I went back through Matthew, and I started writing out things that I thought would be interesting to teach people about Christ. And I realized that as we sit here this morning, there's a lot of different trades that are here. So if if I'm going to come work for your company or your trade, for instance, I'm going to walk into into your office, number one, I'm going to... I'm going to have to pass a drug test. You're going to ask me, do I have a driver's license? And you're going to ask me, you know, some more questions about whatever your, your company is and do I want to work for your company? I'm going to give you a resume. And then I'm going to sit down and you're going to say, yes, you're going to interview me. Do you want me to come to work or not? And then you're going to tell me some fundamentals of the job. So if you're going to come work in financial planning, you've got to go do this, this, and this. You know, I was thinking about plumbing. If you're going to do plumbing, you're going to have to have this, this, and this. You're going to have to have certain tools to be able to do the job. Right? They're just fundamentals. That every time you go into a house, a plumber's going to have a certain thing. Every time you go do something with outside work, it's just fundamentals, okay? So let me ask you this. Now, thinking about what he said to us, final instructions, teaching them To observe. What would you teach people to observe when it comes to Jesus in your relationship? If you sat down with somebody who just got baptized, And you said, there's some things I want to talk to you about. This is what Jesus has done in my life. I'm not talking about a discipleship one-on-one class, okay? I'm talking about you sitting in a seat across from somebody and saying, you know what? This is what Christ has done in my life. This is what it looks like for me as an individual to be a Christ follower. Not what you expect me to do as a pastor, Go sit down with that person. But you as an individual, what has changed in your life because of Christ? What's different about you? Where's the scenarios where you said, you know what, Lord, I've learned as I went through, through the Scriptures that you, you've, you challenged me not to live for the things of this world. So you know what, I'm, I'm going to let that go because I don't want to be building this, this, and this, because I know it's going to, be, it's going to break. It's going to be torn apart. It's not going to last. And then you've said, you know what? Because I've read this in my Bible, and because I have this relationship with Christ, I understand his instruction so that I'm not going to live this way. 
what would be the three things that you, not me, you, would sit down and talk with and say, you know what? Jesus helped my fear, and he used this passage of Scripture. Jesus helped my anger, and I would use this, he used this passage of Scripture. And then I just said something crazy. Jesus helped with my anger. So this morning, as you look at Matthew chapter 28, I mean, we can just whip off the answer. Yeah, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to, what are you observing in the Scripture? What's that passage of Scripture that you've sat with and you've, you've observed it? Now you're working on, okay, this is the biblical truth. This is what it means. And now I'm going to humble myself with the help of Christ. Say, so you know what? I want to walk in that passage of Scripture. I'm going to let that passage of Scripture tell me what's right and what is wrong. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You will never be alone in your relationship with Christ. And so this morning, I can give you a couple things. I thought about, you know, final instructions. I thought about as I sat across from a a person that's a new convert that's been baptized, I say, let me just make sure you understand the gospel. It's not about works, it's about faith. You can't earn God's favor. You're saved, you're chosen, you're his son, you're his daughter. Walk in that. You don't have to earn it. Love. And I, we're out of time, so I, I was thinking about that passage of Scripture in, in John chapter 13. The world will know that we're different because of our love, because we love one another. And then John chapter uh, 16 talks about the Holy Spirit will come and be your helper. So here you are as a family this morning, and we think about the resurrection of Christ. All right, so anybody here denying that Christ rose from the grave? Okay, so that's a no. Then how many of you let Christ's power loose in your life and allowed him to disciple you, teach you, and for you to observe the Scriptures? What is he doing in your life to change you from the inside out? Jesus, it's a wonderful name. There is no rival. Death will not hold you. You silence sin and the grave. So now will you say, Jesus, change my life. Jesus, disciple me. Jesus, give me opportunity to sit down with individuals that are Christians. Say, you know what, this is what Christ is doing in my life. This is what he's changing from the inside out. So, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word this morning. I thank you for truth. I thank you for your power of the resurrection of Christ. And I thank you for your final instructions. And so, Father, I pray that the individuals that are sitting here this morning would say, you know what? I need to let the power of Christ free in my life in the instruction of who he is in my life. Oh, we have salvation by faith, but what about salvation plus discipleship? I believe in you, Christ, but I want to be a follower of you. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be together as a family. Thank you for the privilege to walk through the book of Matthew. So may we heed your final instructions well. May we have a passion to go into to the world. May we have a passion for people to be baptized. And may we have a passion to teach them 
truths that have radically affected our own personal lives. Not just Bible knowledge. Jesus' truth that's changed sons and daughters, made people whole, radically impacted lives. We thank you for the opportunity to be together, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.